Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. I want to jump into a quick sermon series we're going to be doing this week and next week called Be Loved. And this is going to be, um, it's kind of strange for me that it's taken me this long to give this message in its entirety, because if I had my way, this would be the first thing I preached for the first 10 years of the church. Seriously, I would just over and over again say this in different ways, but I don't get to pick my sermons. So, you know, the Lord says, son, do this. And I most of the time say, okay, (laughs) I try every time, but sometimes I chicken out. Um, But I would have put this first, but here we are, and it's the design of God. Amen. He's sovereign. He's good, because this is such a foundational message. Once you find, uh, you know, salvation in Christ, once you receive the forgiveness of sins and everything, this, I believe, should be the first thing you come to understand, the very first thing. It is so foundational, because if you try to add all the other things, like spiritual disciplines, or even growing in faith, walking in these things, you know, maturity, all of that, if you build it on any other foundation, it is going to fail. You're going to have to start over and come back to this message, this understanding. Okay, here it is. I like to give you the punchline at the beginning. It's fun for me. And then I convince you of it for the next few minutes. That's what it is. Are you ready? God's first will. Say first will. God's first will for your life is for you to be loved. His first will for you is to be loved. What if, what if we believed this, I have an audacious thought for you. What if we believed this radical idea that God loves us the way God loves God? You're like, how dare you even suggest such a thing? I've been told my whole life how much I suck. I've been told my entire Christian career to do better so that God loves me more. I know you've been steeped in heresy and antichrist teachings. That's not my fault. But I am trying to help. Okay? So, believe it or not, that's the truth. God loves you the way God loves God. I'll I'll, I'll just read it to you so you believe God, not me. How about that? Okay, this is John 17, 22 through 23. It's not only there, I'm gonna hit you with a lot of scripture today. So, well, today, ha, <laughs> most days. Um, anyway, this is the high priestly prayer. This is Jesus praying to the Father. And if you didn't know, Jesus is God. This is God talking to God. And when God talks to God, you write it down, you read it, you memorize it, you think about it, right? This is important. So this is Jesus praying to the Father. John 17, 22 through 23 says, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, and you in me, that they may become perfectly one. So that, say so that. So that the world may know. Hard stop, pause, the church doesn't even know. What I'm about to read in its entirety. But the world is supposed to know, like the whole world, so that the world may know that you sent me. Most of the church knows that one, that Jesus is sent to the Father. Yeah. And 
You know what and means? Like same effect, same conclusion, same power, same potency. Just as true as it is that Jesus was sent by the Father, big deal, in that same big deal way, and loved them even as you loved me. <laughs> We're going to be, he said, I give them my glory. He's praying for us, by the way. Earlier in this passage, he says, I'm not just praying for these in front of me, these disciples I have in front of me. I'm also praying for all who will believe after them. So this is you. This is totally included. You're totally included in this. Okay, and he says, I'm going to bring them into union with myself so that they'll have unity with another one another so that the world will know that I was sent and that you love them as much as you love me. What if you actually believe that, that God loves you the way God loves God? I just I'm going to drop a lot on you today. So you just keep on, you know, keep on saying amen. Just keep on saying, yeah, just keep shaking your head. It'll catch up to your brain later. But listen to me. I want, to, I want your spirit to get this, okay? God does not love Jesus any more than he loves you. God does not love you any more than he loves Jesus. Oh, bummer. Did you hear what I just said? God does not love Jesus any more than he loves you. I would be thrown out of some places for saying that. But all I'm doing is paraphrasing what he just said, putting it in my own words. Ephesians 1, 3 through 6 calls you accepted, blessed in the beloved. It calls you this. Okay, so Ephesians 3, or Ephesians, sorry, 1 through, through 6. Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Pause. When we're singing, I want more, I want you to get the full understanding of that. We want more of what we already have. We're not asking for God to do something he, he hasn't done yet. We're asking for more awareness of what he's done. We're asking for more faith to write the check on what he deposited in our bank account. Are you with me? Okay. So he has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. So be careful how you sing that one. <laughs> I know what we're saying. I just don't know how you're, what you're saying sometimes. You know, I know what these, the team is saying. I just sometimes think, oh, are we, are we inadvertently becoming beggars? Let's make sure we're praying from the throne room, not for the throne room. You know, who can ascend the hill of the Lord? The point is no one. So he descended the hill and took you with him back up the hill. All right, you're praying from heaven. You're praising from heaven. That's Psalm 150. Are you okay? Uh, this is not what I'm talking about today, but somebody needed to hear that. That was just for one. That was free. That was free, okay? Side note. Every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. You need to say that about yourself. I am blessed in the beloved. I am accepted. I am adopted in the beloved. That's your title, the beloved. That's the call of God on your life. The first will of God is for you to be loved. Names are supposed to have power. Like, biblically speaking, when someone got a name, it had a meaning. And that, the meaning was the purpose of the name. You have been called the beloved. And the meaning is the purpose of that call. Your first, the first will of God is for you to be loved. Yes, we should be obedient. Amen. Yes, we should be kind. Like, I'm about to make a hat, and it's going to say, make the church kind again. You know, I'm about to wear it. <laughs> Sorry. 
<laughs> Somebody gave me a microphone, you know. <laughs> we should be kind, amen. We should be excellent in all we do, amen. But we must first be loved. Because all that other stuff has to come as the fruit of being loved, not the pursuit of receiving love. All the rest of the spiritual disciplines in the Bible, all the good things, your prayer life, your scripture reading, all that stuff should come as the fruit of being loved, not the pursuit of receiving love. And yet we have it that way in many ways in the church. It's taught that way. Obey him and he'll fall in love with you. But he said, love me and you'll obey my, my commands. If you love me, you'll obey my commands. It's not, if you obey my commands, we'll eventually like each other. It starts with love. This word beloved in the Greek is literally agape love, okay? It's divinely loved ones. A divinely loved one. Can you say that? Can you say that? Can you say, I am a divinely loved one? Like, go ahead, try. Just try it on. Go ahead. How does that feel? Does it feel true to you? You might have some strongholds in your mind that are fighting that. You might have some paradigms that don't fit that, but you should lose them. Like, leave them in your chair today, all right? You are a divinely loved one. Say it again. I am a divinely loved one. Watching online, I am a divinely loved one. That's what it means. It's a divine love. Humans can have love with one another. Even outside of, you know, knowing Jesus, the world, you know, unbelievers, we, you know, you can love one another at a certain extent, but you can't have a divine love. There's an agape love that's only from God, and there's a lot of theology around that, but it's the God love that is totally and completely from him and nowhere else, okay? And here's just another thought for you. I want, you, I want to propose to you that God lives by his own principles, Amen. Like God gives us a command and he would never give you a command. He's not willing to carry out. Right. He, it even says of Jesus, he's able to sympathize with us in all of our weakness because he came as a man and he's a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. What am I doing? I'm not talking about that today, but I'm saying he knows what it's like. OK, he knows what it's like to live down here. I, oh, gosh, y'all are y'all are hungry or something, because I have like five million thoughts in my head. It's just like, how do I fit them in the time? So anyway, bend the time, Lord. Oh, <laughs> God did not need to experience human existence to understand human existence. God is sovereign and all-powerful. Someone say amen. That means he is able to do anything. You name it, he can do it. He can experience, he can know experientially without experiencing something. He's the only one who can do that. And yet God chose to know us by experience as us. God is not going to give you a command he himself would not be willing to experientially carry out. Are you with me? Okay. What is the second greatest commandment? I know you know the first. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Right? What's the second? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. God also loves his neighbors as he loves himself because he lives by his own principles. He's not going to command something of you that he's not willing to do. That's awesome. <laughs> that means God loves his brothers and sisters. God loves his children as he loves himself. 
And I say this, and there's not enough amen on it when I say it, so I'm preparing you to respond properly to what I'm about to say. <laughs> it's one of those that, like, just has to have the response of yes, okay? Here it is, full statement, in, like, entire statement right here. Jesus is God. Okay, it makes me really weird when I say that and be like, like just please say amen. <laughs> Jesus is God. I like it. <laughs> and Jesus said, not just in John 17, but in John 15, John 15, 9, 11, 9 through 11, he says, I love each of you with the same love that the Father loves me. <laughs> you must. Here's what you do once you know that. There's a doing after your being loved. right? There's a doing after the being. But once you know that, you can hear the rest. You can't hear the rest until you know that. I love you with the same love the Father has for me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. Oh, such a burden. That's a heavy assignment. This is hard ground for the gospel. Da, 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 da. Are you kidding me? Oh, so, so I'm carrying the burden of the Lord. No, that's not the burden of the Lord. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Sorry. That's the burden of what you thought was the Lord. <laughs> I'm not saying it's all going to be easy. I'm saying the hard things produce joy. <laughs> Maybe not in that moment, but it's coming. Are you with me? Okay. Let my love nourish your hearts. If you keep my commands, you will live in my love. You cannot hear that unless you heard the first part. Okay? Because what you just heard might not have been what he said. You just heard, okay, obey, and I'll get Be good, I get good. Good boy. Be a good boy. Get good things. Good girl. Get good things. That's the, that's the world's paradigm. He, you have to understand, he started it not with, if you keep my commands, you'll live in my love. He didn't start with that. He started with, I love you with the same love the Father has for me. Let me love you. Let my love nourish your hearts. If you let his love nourish your hearts, the next sentence is a joy, not a burden. Are you hearing me? If you keep my commands, you will live in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands. For I continually live nourished and empowered by his love. He just said, I'm able to obey because I'm nourished. I'm well fed on the love of the Father. It's a continual flow into my heart, and that's why I can do all this stuff and obey quickly and not sin. And are you, come on. We're putting the cart before the horse. We're trying to obey the command and hoping it makes Jesus fall in love with us. And then he says, my purpose for telling you these things is so that you, the joy I experience will fill your hearts with overflowing gladness. Okay, or maybe forget the other hat. Maybe make the church glad again is a good one. But how about that one? You know, like, like what would overflowing gladness look like in your life? What would overflowing gladness look like Monday morning if you woke up and go, oh, God loves me the same way God loves God? <laughs> I was at a conference this weekend. It was really good. But this happens sometimes. I was um, enjoying the Lord and feeling loved by God. And he just, he was, he was, you know, I just believe God wants to tickle us pink with his, like, you know, just obnoxious, awesome love. Like, seriously, it's a sloppy wet kiss. It's a, I love you. Oh, my gosh, I love you. And I'm experiencing that in the room. And I don't know if anyone else is, but I'm the only one laughing, all right? I'm the only one, and I'm trying to contain myself. I'm like, ooh, hoo, 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 hoo. And people look at me, I'm like, ah, hoo, 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 hoo. 
And no, and it's like a serious word. And I'm just like, oh, but I just got hit with the love of God for me. And I was like, oh, oh, he loves me. And eventually the speaker started laughing. So it was authorized and others could laugh and it was okay. I was in alignment. But listen, overflowing gladness means like you can't, can't, you can't kind of contain it. Like it's just like, blah, 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 blah. You know, just, <laughs> it's just gladness that overflows. Listen, your, your spouse will like you a lot more if you have overflowing gladness. Okay. Can I get a witness? Anybody? Come on. <laughs> your boss will like you more. Your coworkers, they'll actually, you know what else? They're not just like you. They'll actually want you. They'll actually like to be around you. They'll actually want to hear what you have to say. Because something in there is making you really happy. <laughs> the pursuit of happiness. <sighs> overflowing gladness. Lord, let overflowing gladness hit your church. Because we know we're loved by you the same way you love you. I mean, what a, what a <laughs> radical secret, unfortunately. An unfortunate secret. You know? Man. Let me help you with this just quickly with the Trinity. This is an extremely complex situation, but people have all this weird theology because they think, you know, there's God and then there's Jesus and God forsook Jesus and like abandoned him. And, and that's the picture of a father they have that sacrifices their son, abandons their son, things like that. That, you know, they get weird. It gets weird. So let me help you with the Trinity right now. And then I'm going to leave it alone. All right. Because this is like, a, you know, not easy to do quickly. But the Trinity is not one plus one, plus one. No, it's one times one times one equals one. And you've been made one with that one. The Lord our God is one. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. 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 So God was on the cross saying, forgive them, Father. Talking to himself. They know not what they're doing. You're like, uh, no, because the Father's in heaven and Jesus came to earth and I know what that means. No. No. Like God put on flesh, experienced it for himself, and proved the love he had for us the entire time. Jesus is God. Amen. Thank you. Just as much as the Father and the Holy Spirit. This is like core theology of the church, just so you know. This is not a side issue. Like, we got to get there, okay? All right? Jesus is not God in a good mood. Like, Jesus is not God on a good day. Jesus is God, period. End of statement, okay? Right? And they are expressed in different persons, the Father and the Son, on purpose so that we can understand the love that God has for us. I have no time. Bend it, Lord. Okay, some of us, some of you, I'll just say it, some of you, definitely you watching online, no one in the room, but the, the Christians online, we're all professional Christians here, but the ones watching, just kidding, some of you in this room absolutely have a wrong paradigm when it comes to the, the Trinity and the way this works, okay? You absolutely do, and you need to seek the Lord on that and ask him if what I'm saying is true, like you just need to. Because you got stuff you can't take with you where God wants to take you, okay? Like, there's got to be the truth of this, that the Father is in the Son, and the Son is in the Father, perfectly one, and we've been invited into that union, okay? One. One. 
Okay. And with that, you need to hear what I'm about to say. God didn't start loving us after Jesus died for us. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Slow down. Just you're like, wow. God's love for humanity did not begin when Jesus said it was finished. But many of you believe that. Like, I'm not looking around. Many of you believe that. I need to help you. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. God is love, 1 John 4. The origin of man, I'm going to talk about this next week more. The origin of man is godlike and very good in the garden, not fallen and very bad. God did not, like, finally appease his wrath that he had towards people. I hate those people. I hate those people. And then, oh, Jesus, you paid for them? Oh, I kind of like them now. You know, that's cool. You're good. You know, I love you. Sort of because of Jesus. God doesn't look through the blood of Jesus to ignore you. He sees you and he sees Christ. And he sees Christ and he sees you. That's what it means to be in Christ. God didn't start loving us at the cross. We started to see the love of God at the cross. That's so important. (laughs) Okay. God didn't start loving us at the cross. We started to see the full manifest love of God at the cross. That was the beginning of the revelation of his love for us. And it's just going to get deeper and higher and wider and longer for eternity. We're going to find out how loved we are. Sounds like a great idea. So here's the question, and I got to go fast. Here's the question. If the father loves us the same way the father loves the son, how much does the father love the son? Right? That's a logical next question. Okay, I have some scripture for you. These are not uh, multiple references of the same occurrence in the Gospels. You know, there's four Gospels, and they reference some of the same things, a lot of the same things. These are different occurrences throughout the Gospels where the Father spoke of his love of the Son. And I want you to hear all of them, okay? John 3, 35, the Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. All things into his hand. John 5, 19 through 20. I'm going to jump down to the second part because I don't have time. It says, you know, Jesus says, I'll do whatever the Father's doing. I talked about it last week. It says, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. And greater works than these will he show him so that you may marvel. The Father doesn't just give him all things. He shows him all things. And then in Matthew 12, 18, it says, behold, my servant who I have chosen, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased. The Father's soul is well pleased with the Son. On the mountaintop, the Mount of Transfiguration, transfiguration, that's a hard word. Peter starts speaking, you know, in the wrong moment. And, you know, Jesus is illuminated. And it says, he was still speaking. That's Peter. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. That's God talking of the God the Father talking of God the Son. And then Luke 3, 21 through 22, it says, Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were open, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. I want to see the movie, you know. <laughs> and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son. With you I am well pleased. You need to be able to say every single one of those things about yourself. Are you ready? The Father loves me and has given all things into my hand. He loves me and shows me all that he is doing. 
He chose me, and I'm the beloved with whom his soul is well pleased. I'm his beloved son with whom he is well pleased, and people should listen to me. Like, I'm just applying the, the stuff, you know? I am beloved, his beloved son, and he is well pleased with me. You're his beloved son, his beloved daughter, and he is well pleased with you. You're like, but my sin, my sin. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me just break your pride bubble. Are you ready? Your works are not greater than his. Stop. You're in pride if you think your sin is the reason he can't love you. You have a pride issue. You have a, I'm going to say it again. You have a pride issue. You are a prideful, selfish person. You are stuck in selfishness. If you think your sin keeps God from loving you, how dare you? You're awesome, but you ain't that cool. You ain't that powerful. Your evil works don't outdo his finished work. They don't. I know you got issues. All right, I pay attention. I got issues. Ask my wife. She's on the front row. Ask my parents. They're also here. They'll tell you. It's good. I'm not insecure about the fact that I got issues. But I'm very secure in the fact that my issues have nothing to do with his love for me. God does not love us because of us. He loves us because that's who he is. It's not about who you are. It's about who he is. God's first will for your life is to be loved. And you cannot be loved to others until you are loved yourself. You're pouring from an empty cup if you live that way. You are not the source of love for others. All right? Like, you might have a big heart. You know, people say that about people. I got a big heart for people. You're still not the source of that big heart. <laughs> Come on. Where did you get that thing from? <laughs> you have to receive it to give it. You can only give what you, I used to say you can only give what you have. It's not true. Sorry. I'm repenting to you. It's almost completely true. Here's the full truth. You cannot give what you don't know you have. You can only give what you know you have. Because the whole church has this love from the Father. The whole world, let me help you. He died for the sins of the world. Like he doesn't love you more than he loves the unbeliever. <laughs> My AV team hates me for stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, so let me do it again. Jason's like, stop. He's <laughs> like, I have to fix that stuff. <laughs> he doesn't love you more because you're at church today. Oh, God, we need help. Help us, Lord. <laughs> he does not love you more because you stopped drinking. You stopped drinking because you found out how much he loved you. Get it, man. <laughs> Get it. He doesn't love the church more than he loves the world. He prays different things for the church than the world. But he doesn't have more love for a believer who's received it by faith than he does for those who haven't. God does not love us because of us, but we have the audacity to think that we have something to do with the amount of love he gives us. How dare us? <laughs> I'm including it, you know? Oh, man. Jesus, he ever lives to make intercession on behalf of the saints. There are different activities Christ is doing right now for different groups. I'm not, you know, 
I'm not saying he treats everyone the same. Love doesn't treat everyone the same. Love ain't fair, and that's okay. All right? It doesn't treat everyone the same. But it himself is the same love. Yesterday, today, and forever. Are you okay? Yeah. This is so important. 1 John 4, 17 through 21. I'm going to read this quickly. It says, by this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as he is, so also are we in this world. Pause right there. This is the God is love chapter, okay? If you don't have confidence for the day of judgment, you don't know how loved you are. If you're worried about judgment day, you need to start worrying about the fact you don't believe that God loves you the way God loves God. <laughs> I'm not worried about judgment day. That's reward time. I just want to get my medals. I'm going to run the race to win the prize. And if you don't want yours, I'll take it. You know, you don't want I don't do it for reward. I'll take yours. He loves to reward his children. <laughs> what father doesn't love to give their kids rewards, Right? I have confidence for the day of judgment because I know I'm loved. If you're afraid of that day, you don't know you're loved. At least you don't know enough. <laughs> there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. If you're afraid God's going to punish you, you don't know how loved you are. God will discipline you. God will correct you. It's different than punishment. I don't have time for any of this. <laughs> Here's the reason I'm reading this passage. It says, we love because he, help me, first loved us. <laughs> if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God with whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. But it starts with, we only love because he first loved us. We can't just like strip it away from its own context. It's right there. Start with this. I'm loved by God so I can love my brother. 1 John 4, 19 in the Passion, the same passage, but just the one verse in the Passion. I love it. It says, our love for others is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. So yes, we are called to love God. Amen. We are called to love our brothers and sisters as we love ourselves, our neighbors as we love ourselves. We are called to love even our enemies, but we are first called to be loved. Your first calling is beloved. Be loved. God's first will for your life is for you to be loved. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored empowered and full of faith because of what you hear and we would love to see you at a gathering soon for more resources like this head to trpfamily.org